This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovus Indiana. This is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience, the people, the products, and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. We're joined today by a leader with a bold vision to transform the centuries-old shrimp farming industry into a modern tech-enabled and local system. With the recent public debut of his shrimp box technology and his establishment of his first U.S. operation here in Indiana, he's here to share more about the work he is leading and the shrimp he is growing. Welcome, Adaraya CEO, Daniel Russick. Daniel, it is good to have you. Welcome to Ag Bioscience. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It is, it is so good. From the first time we met, Daniel, your story is just fascinating. Great innovation, I think, always starts with a clear problem definition, and you define the problem to solve in the shrimp industry through your journey. Share more about your story and the work that you're leading in Adarai to really transform this age-old industry into something that's incredible. Yeah, well, it's been a long uh, journey, 17 years. <laughs> so it was basically after uh, graduating uh, it was actually, I was still in college and there was a hurricane that hit the Mexican uh, South Coast, uh, very harsh hurricane stand in 2005. And I was the president of the student council of my university. And we decided to basically gather goods up there watching, you know, these uh, uh, emergency disaster uh, news stories. And this was my first connection with the with the coast and with the oceans in a way, not in a vocational way, sure. right? So that basically changed my 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 impression about a lot of things, poverty. And I studied economics, so I thought I knew what I was talking about when I was when we were talking about uh, poverty or development or opportunities. So we decided to start an NGO and to focus on uh, enhancing productive. Uh, uh, skills for uh, fishermen, and I. But just by talking to fishermen, uh, it was very clear that there was no future there. Uh, fishermen told me, "Oh, my granddad just went out three times a week, and that was enough to be uh, to feed our family and to cover our needs." My dad would go every day two hours, uh, and no problem, we would be satisfied. Now I need to go. Uh, three times a day. No, we need, I need to wake up at 3 a.m. and then go back at nine and then go back at five. And sometimes I don't even get money for fuel. So, and then, so after uh, researching the, the data from FAO, it was very clear that there's no future in Wildcatch. But at the same time, we saw an amazing opportunity in, in seafood demand because it's growing. It's growing on a per capita basis. Um, so you have this amazing opportunity in which you have a big industry that is about $40 billion, $50 billion, uh, just, sorry, that's just shrimp. Aquaculture is $200 billion. Um, and you have the traditional source of supply, which is wild catch. It's not going anywhere. We are just, it's, it's, it's hard enough to keep it at its level of production. So then the obvious answer was aquaculture, but then... And then we, um, so we raised money for that. Uh, we hired some consultants, uh, experts, scientists, and it was very clear. And we, we had a project ready for traditional farming in Oaxaca. But then we had um, a previous minister, a former minister for environmental protection in Mexico on the federal level. 
And she basically told me, if you do that and you're successful, you will destroy a pristine environment and you will destroy the jungles. And do you want to do that? And wow. then I said, maybe not. So that was in 2009. So that was already four years of work. Um, so we got back to the drawing board and we looked for innovation. Uh, and so we found scientists basically in Israel. Uh, we sent them in, we composed a very nice letter. <laughs> we, we basically asked for help and we said, we want to do this. Uh, we want to we, 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 we enable uh, farming in these poor areas and or underdeveloped areas. And uh, one of them, Dr. Schmolapelbaum, uh, he's actually featured in the Startup Nation. This is funny because I was reading that book mm -hmm. um, and then on chapter, I don't know, it's probably chapter six or eight, I don't even remember. But it, the opening chapter it has a quote, like when they said, when, when I said that I wanted to grow tropical fish in the middle of the desert, they thought I was crazy. So I was reading that while I was waiting for him <laughs> to come from the airport. No, Small so I was speaking world. exactly. Yeah. So this was amazing. So, long story short, we looked at different kinds of uh, technologies that uh, basically featured sustainability, and basically that means in aquaculture zero water exchange, because traditional aquaculture relies on a huge, like on an urban scale, uh, uh, exchange with the environment. So water in, water out. That means pollution, and also shrimp farms are located by uh, estuaries, so by mangrove forests. Mangrove forests, at least in terms of capture of carbon capture, are form, form five times more efficient than any uh, rainforest in the world. And also, they are basically the nurseries for the for the ocean. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we really needed high efficiency in terms of of, of surface area, um, and also control against uh, disease and zero water exchange. So this is so we started with with that. We first first we worked. With different, with different species, with tilapia, with marine fish like snapper, snook, and, and shrimp. And we decided to basically focus on shrimp because otherwise it's basically um, mastering three different uh, industries, no, all at once. So we decided to focus on shrimp. This was 10 years ago. And then we built our first commercial farm in Oaxaca. Um, we are among the first uh, commercial farms in the world that relies on a zero water discharge system based on microbial communities. So at the time we switched from NGO to startup, uh, raised money, got some grants from the Mexican government, and and now we're here. <laughs> and we're grateful you're here, Daniel. You and I met, gosh, it's probably been a couple of years ago now when we first connected. Your story is amazing. And you had some stats that you shared about shrimp. Now, folks who are listening may not have a full appreciation for this market that is shrimp. Give, me, give us a little insight on what this shrimp market is, the demand here in the States, and I think maybe even more importantly, where do the shrimp that we eat here in the States come from? Yeah. Um, so basically, shrimp shrimp demand in the world is about seven, probably seven million tons, no okay. metric tons. Um, out of that, about 4.5 comes from aquaculture. And this makes it into a... So the, the market, if you consider... Uh, wild catch and farming, it's around 60 to $70 billion uh, worldwide. So aquaculture is basically $50 billion. Uh, there was a report from Rabobank that came out last week. Very interesting. It has a lot of data. And if you see the the, the main difference between shrimp farming and, for instance, other, other kinds of proteins is that uh, seafood in general 
relies on international trade. Mm. And this makes sense because there's, I don't know, 500, 1,000 different species that are consumed in the world. And if you want, uh, if you have, if you want tropical tropical shrimp, it cannot come from Maine, right? So, because, so then we are relying on wild catch on nature basically to supply us with the with our with our food, which doesn't make any sense. Relying on the ocean for getting your ceviche is makes as much sense as relying on buffalo herds to get your burger. No, it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, but we're, but. It is what it is. No, so basically, in the in the 20th century, this, there's been a transition. Uh, there was a transition from wild catch to aquaculture. So technology was catching up. The problem with aquaculture, and but the most demanded, the most in demand species, mostly come from tropical uh, countries, except for salmon, which was basically the technology was developed in Norway, and salmon has its own problems, but not the same as shrimp. So. The technology that was developed or that was uh, applied is really a very rustic. So it's it's um, farmers are very um, um, pragmatic. So they they want what works, no, and with least investment possible, and without consciousness about what it what that uh, what are the implications for for nature. And this was basically the paradigm on the on the twentieth century. It's not only so we also did the same with. Uh, monocrop agriculture, and now we are re- realizing about uh, the consequences. No, so in agriculture is, is the is the same. So ninety five percent of the shrimp that is consumed here in America in, in America comes from abroad. There is five percent that comes basically from uh, vessels in the Gulf, uh, mostly um, that capture shrimp. Everything else comes from uh, from mostly from aquaculture. Uh, from uh, number one producer now in the world is Ecuador. Uh, and then India, and this is this is interesting. This this stat is interesting because the shrimp competition for the world leader, the shrimp World Cup, uh, it's very competitive. So and it changes uh, from time to time. So the first champion was Ecuador, then for a while was Thailand, then China started to develop um, shrimp production, and they were the champions, the world champions for something like ten years. But then they started cracking down on on shrimp farming. One, because of pollution, and second, and probably most importantly, because of real estate. Because shrimp farms, they take a lot of a lot of uh, surface area, and they need to be located by by coast. So, of course, real estate development in China it was it was it made more sense to build buildings and to have farms. So China uh, uh, came from um, being the largest exporter. It, they were producing over 1 million tons uh, of, of shrimp, and they exported about 300,000 tons of shrimp. That, expo- that export was basically larger than the second, uh, the, the, the second country most important, which at the time was Indonesia. And now, then India came, so they started to, to, to develop shrimp farming, and now they were, the, then they were the, the, the number one, and now it's Ecuador. So it's always changing, no? Sure. Because it reflects uh, competition for surface, competition for, uh, or, and also disease, because, uh, and this is very important. Every 10 years, 50 to 70% of a country's production is going to be lost because of disease. So the question is not if, the question is when. So, and this is also a problem with, uh, with, the, with the current technology, traditional technology. Which really led you to begin the work around shrimp box. I mean, this is a fascinating development using artificial intelligence, really focused on microbiome. Talk more about what shrimp box is and how you're making it 
how you're deploying it here in the US. Yes. So basically, Shrimbox is, let's say it's the second iteration of our technology. Okay. For the first 10 years, we focused, seven years, we focused on biotech, which is basically in order to close the, 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 the water loop, to close the cycle, uh, you need to manage the nitrogen cycle. So basically, BioFlock, it's a technology that is based on microbial communities that have evolved for millions of years, probably billions of years, that use um, nitrogen, inorganic nitrogen, and turns it into protein. No, they, t they, they use carbon plus the nitrogen and they make protein and water, of course. Um, so we, we got to a commercial level, so it took us seven years to master this technology on our farm in Oaxaca. Um, and then we started uh, shipping uh, to the United States, uh, exporting to the United States fresh, never frozen uh, shrimp, getting a very nice uh, markup for that because it is sustainable, no antibiotics, we don't use any kind of chemicals, and the story is very nice, no? because our farm is 98% managed by lo a local community in Oaxaca, no? indigenous community, most of them, they don't have any even high school diploma, and they are managing one of the most uh, sophisticated shrimp farms in the world that runs on biotech. So that story uh, and and the and the and the, the characteristics. So also our, our shrimp has three times more uh, uh, longer um, shelf life than uh, the frozen commodity, no, or than traditional shrimp farm, uh, fresh. So, but then uh, we basically we we need to fly the shrimp. So and that killed our margins and also killed our sustainability claims. Sure. But that that test it was like a market test that that that, the, that there is a market for this premium quality shrimp so then the question was how can we grow shrimp uh ex city no in the city just close to the consumer and this really changes the the uh basically the business model for shrimp farming so then apart from biotech we started to to develop our second the second part of our technology stack which is software Bioflock, uh, so you gain this control of the environment, but the cost is complexity because now we need to, to track many variables. It turns really into, into a biochemical endeavor sure. because now we need yeah. to manage these microbial communities and its environment. So if you, if you train somebody, it's going to take very long for them to make the, uh, the appropriate decisions to understand the complexity. But for software, it's kind of easy. No, because you program these interactions, you program some parameters, green light, uh, yellow light, red light, blah, blah, blah. And then when there is, when there, when, when, if needed, and if the software doesn't know what to do, it can ask help from a, from, from, from a, a human expert, right? So then in terms of AI, this is like an expert system, uh, like a centaur, because plus a human, no? So that software part was the second one. And, but the, the, the third one is... Um, uh, automation, so basically engineering, because here uh, cost of labor is way higher than Oaxaca. No, cost of living is way higher here, so uh, labor cost is is way higher. So and so what we did for a long time is through the software we tracked, so we basically mapped every protocol that is needed in order to grow shrimp. I think that we are the first ones in the world that have that have this map for macroprocesses. Basically, broodstock maturation, larvae culture, nursery, and grow out. And of these four macro processes, we have plus 80 plus protocols. And each protocol has inputs, has outputs, has skills. 
and then we can we could design uh, basically gadgets, uh, hardware to replicate what the human was doing, and then the software is basically interacting with the input, getting the input from the from the, from the pond, and then the output in terms of interactor, you know. Um, so in terms to deal with solids, to feed, uh, to get the data for water quality, oxygen, blah blah blah, skimmer. So we developed many uh, many 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 hardware, that, uh, a, a lot of hardware that it was designed by us. No, we learned from 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 other things that are around in the market, but we decided that it was best that we do it uh, ourselves. So we design our software, we design our hardware, and now we manufacture the shrimp boxes. So shrimp boxes is also a shipping container. Why is it a shipping container? Because a 40, uh, 40 feet HQ shipping container is basically the biggest thing that you can move around the world. Sure. For cheap, no? So um, so this is basically why. So because, but then it's hypermodular. We can manufacture shrimp farms that would be plug and play. We have, instead of building farms, if you see, so there's, there's, there are uh, examples, there are, uh, there's experience with building shrimp farms in places like the United States or in some countries in Europe. Um, but one of the main problems is that it, uh, designing a shrimp farm is very complex. It costs a lot of money and it takes a long time and you need a lot of permits and unions. I don't know. So we basically skip all that. We manufacture them in Mexico, and then it, they are ready to use for the farmer. So for the farmer, it's very easy. It's plug and play. Then we supply the inputs, and then uh, we can start producing. Yeah, the, the story around Shrimp Box, Daniel, and the work that you're doing here in Indianapolis, I love it. Just, what, a couple of weeks ago, TechCrunch mm -hmm. featured Adaraya and the work that you're doing. And I love that they talk about this. I mean, they used your plug and play naming as they said, hey, this is the new plug and play version of shrimp farming. I think what's so interesting, we see this rise in interest and demand, flow of venture capital into controlled environment agriculture, specifically mm -hmm. around leafy greens, right? We see indoor growing operations. This really is that for shrimp farming, right? We're able to push the point of production close to the consumer and then be able to deliver fresh, never frozen protein. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. And, and the main difference is that, uh, and I think that this is I think it's the first example that's dealing with protein, with animal protein, which is which adds a lot, a lot, uh, another level of complexity because with leafy greens you don't need to think about behavior, no. Whereas in shrimp you do, um, and also one very in interesting difference is that there are leafy there's leafy green production here in the United States. The United States is very good at, right. at leafy greens agriculture. There is nothing for shrimp, so I think that's a that's a very important uh, difference. Daniel, it is so good to be with you. Time for one more question. Mm -hmm. When can we expect to see, I'm going to make it two. When can we expect to see an Adaraya grown shrimp on our plate, number one? And number two, what's next? Adaraya grown shrimp here in Indianapolis? Yes, of course. 45 days. Wow. <laughs> so at Thanksgiving or at Christmas, we can expect Adaraya grown shrimp. Yeah. Little production in the beginning because yeah. so these shrimp that I'm talking about, they are already in Belmont Street. Uh, they are about two grams. So by then they will be around plus 25 grams. They will be very nice. And we can have you to, <laughs> to have a taste. Perfect. And what's next for Adaraya? Um, so right now it's, so we're, we're, Building and basically using our first demo training farm, uh, we want to we want to be we want to first we want to 
test Shrimpbox in its uh, final environment, sure. you know, because we did some tests in Oaxaca, but there is easy. Here it's hard. Um, and we need to improve to improve efficiencies, mostly in energy and labor. So in the beginning, we will be catering to the premium sustainably, sustainability-driven market, but our goal is in the next five years to be able to compete with the frozen commodity and offer basically a higher quality, no chemical uh, uh, alternative to the frozen commodity. Daniel, I am so glad you chose Indianapolis to Me locate too. this first U.S. operation. <laughs> he is Daniel Rusick, founder and CEO of Adaraya. Daniel, it is so good to be with you. Thanks for making the trip. Thank you very much, Mitch. And thank you for tuning in to Ag Bioscience. You can get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. While there, check out our entire library of archived episodes, and you can always learn more online at agronovasindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovus Indiana team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovus Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business. Hosted by Mitch Frazier. Panel episodes by Gary Dick. Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agronovusindiana.com. 